Welcome back to the Burning Phoenix podcast. Hope you're having a great morning. In this episode, we're going to talk about a video we were watching. So this is from Cosmic Skeptic, and he is talking about... The title is Deconstructing Jordan Peterson on Religion. So it's a very interesting video. It's about 40 minutes long, and we just wanted to comment on a, a couple of perspectives that might be helpful uh, if you watch this um what should we call it, this analysis that he has, and then uh, something that might be illuminating. So uh, he has many good points in his criticism and his analysis, but there is something that is kind of lacking, and that is this whole idea of the immaterial reality, immaterial existence, or that somebody would call a spiritual existence. So much of the, like the, the basis and the unsaid foundation of the argument kind of rests a little bit on this um, so we just wanted to well first we have a vocabulary part here which is that he talks about ontological transcendent and epistemological transcendent and then also you have the transcendent reality so we just want a couple of uh, things about the word transcendent it's a very complicated word to discuss because people have very different they mean different things and it has different connotations. And then if we just look in the dictionary, you can see that transcendent is uh, defined as beyond or above the range of normal or physical human experience. The search for a transcendent level of knowledge is also then surpassing the ordinary and the exceptional. It's also in terms of divinity. It's something that's existing apart from and not subject to the limitations of the material universe. And then in scholastic philosophy, it means something that is higher than and not included in any of Aristotle's 10 categories. And in Kantian philosophy, it's something that's not realizable in experience. So in general, it has something to do with beyond, but exactly what it is beyond, if it's just beyond our current knowledge or if it's beyond the grasp of our ability to apprehend reality like in, in general, or other things, it, it could be easy to, to misunderstand, to kind of talk past each other. So some of the things that Peterson is talking about sounds like he's referring to this idea that there is an immaterial reality that is bigger than the material and the scientific one. And in part, it will always be bigger and we can never with our current brains and, and capabilities, uh, understand this fully. So in some sense, when we try to do science, we are trying to, in a way, translate some of this into models and to laws and to discovering dynamics that we can understand. And then we can model how nature works and it can also have many uh, excellent practically, practical applications. So... The key point might be to have an idea of what a transcendent reality could mean or could be. So if you just for a second just remember Aristotle and the Greeks had a way to, to approach this. Kind of how to find the limits of logic and in a sense also rationality and uh, also then at least the science. So if you just think about numbers as concepts, you can think about does the number five exist without having five apples or five people or five atoms or five material objects? 
Does the number five exist as a concept immaterially? And if you think that it does, and if you concede that it does exist by itself, you've already established a foothold into something that's immaterial and real and existing. You can think also about geometrical figures like uh, a circle or a square. Like, does the circle exist as a concept, like a perfect circle, without ever drawing it or seeing it in nature? Does it just exist as an idea or concept by itself? And that's the same thing. If you think yes, then you have another thing that's then immaterial and a reality and also like an existence. And then already there you can start thinking, well, so they do exist, but then where do they exist? Like, do they exist just in the air around us or in the solar system or in the galaxy? Or do they need a universe at all? Because it's like, for how long since when have they existed and did the idea of a circle exist before a big bang does that make any sense because the big bang is in many ways a material um like it's a, it's a model or hypothesis of a material uh, emergence or kind of uh, event that that starts starts to expand but then what was before that and then did the idea of number five in the circle still exist before that or not this is the whole conundrum and you're already playing at the kind of at the border or beyond how we with our brains can understand and apprehend things and you can move a little bit further than the numbers and geometrical figures you can think about physical laws do they exist in themselves as ideas or dynamics like does does gravity exist without having two, two bodies of matter that are being attracted to each other? Uh, do they kind of exist before something material or not? And you can then also take another step further, thinking about the wisdom of mythology. For example, like Icarus, the little, the little guy with the wings who, <laughs> who flies too high. The idea of overconfidence and, and damaging consequences. Does that dynamic or that pattern exist before it happens, before you do something yourself or you see somebody around you falling into this, this very common trap of being overconfident and then it creates bad consequences? So that's also something that could have this wisdom, this pattern can have a reality existence but is immaterial and it's not spatial. So it's not in time, it's not in space, but it still exists. So those are kind of con concrete examples. You could go into something that's more fuzzy and more complicated to, to just entertain as an idea. And that is like, for example, a friendship. Does a friendship exist beyond just being chemistry in the brain of two people and the amount of times they meet and exchange words and do things together? Like, is the friendship something in itself or not? You can then think about uh, a city spirit. Does a city have a spirit that is something or not? This is partly why... The Greeks named their cities after gods and goddesses, like Athena as the, the capital, like the, the main city-state at the time then, uh, is named after the goddess of wisdom, because that was supposed to be uh, a part of the spirit of the city. Uh, and then you can also think about vices and virtues, like uh, greed or envy and pride like does the do these things exist or not this is a lot more fuzzy to, to try to think about uh, but 
if you think about those things or the ones before with the with the wisdom patterns of geometrical figures you have this uh, it's not paradoxical but it is difficult to, th to say how the science describe or capture or or uh, approach these things like where how can science describe something that is uh, beyond time and space for example and even the word beyond is a little bit like because it's not it's outside of it but it's not spatially outside and so on so okay all of these things is just to just to give examples of something that is existing and that is not material and it's not in time and it's not in space and in many cases it would be before whatever we see in time and space in and materialized so there's a little side uh, road here to start thinking about then what is really the real things is it like is it the patterns over decades and centuries and millennia or is it what we are materially seeing in the snapshot just now? But that's a whole other debate. <laughs> so we're just going to have... Uh, we just wanted to, to really make the argument here that if, if you have that present in your mind about immaterial existence, or that somebody would say a transcendent reality, then it makes more sense some of these debates and, and uh, what people are trying to express and lay out about science and reality, for example. So uh, that was kind of just the, the main thing we wanted to comment on the video. There are many other, he makes many good arguments and valid arguments as well. It's just this, he keeps going in circles a little bit about um, ontological transcendence and then equating this too much to that which we don't know. There are other ways of thinking about this in order to understand some of the arguments of Jordan Peterson. Uh, some of Peterson's arguments have problems with them, but then it's just helpful to understand this, uh, in part also because this has something to do with the way we are thinking and about, again, the brain hemispheres, just to put in that perspective as well, um, not acknowledging the immaterial reality is to move much more into your left hemisphere and then you start creating a hall of mirrors and you start creating a sense of control and also then uh, removing all ambiguity, all uncertainty and you start also saying that things are just natural like what is beyond our limitations, our knowledge is just natural instead of saying that it is a mystery and we do not know because that is the necessary humility to uh, uh, continually questioning your own assertiveness about things in our own knowledge and our parts of our own foundation and that is important to create a balance and also to avoid the the, the risks of the excesses of the left hemisphere so that is where the whole idea of humility comes into the picture and that's just uh, is a good thing to keep in mind for yourself and that that is that you have some kind of balance of this in the culture or kind of in the public consciousness in general so that's kind of the overall argument and what we just wanted to put into this little debate and this episode so with that uh, we're going to run it off here hope you're still having a great day thank you so much for listening and thanks for tuning in and see you again in the next episode mm -hmm.